We are shows what you know We'll always watch TV And if you think we can't We'll watch more and you'll see That's why the people of the web Believe in Jim from Las Vegas And Jacob from Sweden Ooh, we gotta update that Well, I guess you're from Sweden, but uh, in Ireland now. I haven't heard that in a long time. Welcome, everyone, to Shows Which You Know. We, uh, Jacob and I are here to discuss Tiger King. That's right. Everything, it's been discussed to death, so why, don't, why doesn't Shows Which You Know get together and discuss it? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I am indeed from Sweden, but in Ireland at the time and in full lockdown. And so is everyone else. Not to date this show, but it is 2020 if you're listening in the future. You young robot whippersnapper, you. And we're going to be talking about the show that everyone's watching because they're at home right now. Granted, that's how Netflix always works. Um, and uh, it hasn't stopped hits from coming out before. But I do think it kind of helped uh, our friend Joe Exotic here, who we're discussing this week in Tiger King. Uh, Jim, has this been an international smash hit success? Is it going to be uh, the next Stranger Things? Well, that's actually what I wanted to ask you, because obviously here in the States, we're loving it. I had mentioned it to you, I think, about a week ago, but you didn't seem too aware or enthused. So I didn't mm. know if, if uh, news of Joe Exotic and these big cat sanctuaries were uh, making, making it across the pond. What, what's the feeling like over there? I mean, I know you're in lockdown, but you must have communication yeah. with some people in your area. Much like the coronavirus, the spread of Tiger King enthusiasm was uh, gradual and moved at different layers <laughs> in different countries. And uh, it, it came this week to Ireland. It's number one on Netflix just in general, like, or at least that, that's what Netflix tells you. Like Netflix in Ireland, it's the number one thing right now. And yeah, all week's been nothing, nothing but memes, nothing but people's Instagram stories, which is indeed how we communicate now these days and the same way we communicated previously um, with our fellow man. Uh, it's been nothing but Tiger King. So yeah, okay. I, I, you said it's been talked to death. I've not actually heard anyone discussing it. I've just heard, because I just finished watching it yesterday, all I've heard is, oh my God, you have to see this. But uh, I guess something as popular as this, everyone has already talked it to death, huh? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I guess I'm more referring to the memes uh, oh, because yeah. memes are obviously a double edged sword because it's, you know, they start out fun at first. And then you realize you're scrolling through your feed and all you're seeing are the same jokes over and over again. So then something that is kind of fun feels less fun. But maybe mm. that's just me. Um, I want to get in. I want to lean a little bit into this uh, angle we have with you being international jet okay. setter from Sweden, living in Ireland. Now, does this play into, is this what people think America is? Is, is this uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or rather, like, yeah. And I'm sorry to bundle you into this stereotype, but, like, watching this show, I'm just shaking my head and going, like, only in America. Like, and, I mean, there's got to be some truth to that, but I think Americans, in my view, take a certain pride in that. Yeah, we have the biggest cheeseburgers and the most tigers. Fuck you. Or am I wrong? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think th that's the problem if we get into geopolitical affairs of being the United States of America. Because even mm, though... You're in, not Florida is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Because even though European Union, and I know that's got its own thing going on right now with Brexit, we're not going to get into that. But 
you know, it's not like I can't be like, ah, you guys are all Germany, aren't you? God damn you. God damn you. All you Germans over there. You know, you have <clears throat> your states or countries. So you get to hide behind being like, well, oh, don't look at us. We're Ireland. I can't be like, oh, no, don't look at me. I'm Massachusetts. I'm Nevada. I'm not uh, Florida and Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Your states are countries. <laughs> Yes, uh, I suppose this is true. As far as I'm concerned, Childish Gambino's This Is America may as well just have had a bunch of tigers in it and Joe Exotics <laughs> and all the different tiger keepers on the different heads getting shot in the head and ba- eaten by tigers and all that. That's how American this feels to me because just the... But, but like, I do recognize that it is... Well, I, I was about to say the worst of America, but that's n- not necessarily the case. But it's like, this is, like, extreme like and also yeah. the, the idea of a sort of a redneck or whatever it's also something that for us is quite cartoonish and like that's the cartoon image of an american yeah so obviously there's a lot of rednecks here except they also have tigers so just sort of enhance i mean i'm aware that it's a stereotypical thing but all of these characters are so extreme that you can't help but think that well but because you have to remember that most of us here are watching this too, and we're, we're like, "What? There's that many tigers here? We're not aware that there's ti- like, we're not just walking by tigers everywhere. We're also yeah. like, huh? People could just buy tigers, and that's a thing." Really, I was imagining that you guys would watch here. Like, just seems like an ordinary guy, yeah, <laughs> ordinary kind of backyard, as far as I'm concerned. And and I guess I mean I don't know if this needs explaining, but for people that don't know, this is a Netflix docu series. We follow, I mean, our main character is Joe Exotic, but there's uh, a plethora of colorful characters here on this Netflix series as they, you know, mostly cover this idea of exotic pets, specifically big cats or tigers. Uh, But I mean, they have like uh, gorillas and (laughs) snakes and crocodiles, all kinds of shit. Uh, But just, I could totally see how, you know, they started out thinking, I mean, actually, I guess Carol Baskin, one of the characters we'll talk about on this, she's she's launched more of a defense of her own character because she feels like her character was assassinated on this show. She runs the Big Cat Rescue and plays kind of the villain to our main character, Joe Exotic. She says that when these people approached her, they pitched this show as the Blackfish for tigers or big cats. And if you don't know, Blackfish is like... Um, uh, what was it on, like, SeaWorld? It was like a documentary that kind of was, uh, like, enlightening to a lot of people at the way uh, whales are treated uh, or yeah. even, like, dolphins and whatnot by SeaWorld and some of these aquariums and stuff like that. But the thing is, I don't think they were lying when they went to Carol Baskin and said this is what they were trying to do. But, you know, you start making one documentary, you start realizing this the insane lives of these people that you're following. It's like, how do you not lean into that? Yeah. And I was thinking a lot about that watching it as well. Like, obviously, I think in this post-American vandal world, you watch these shows differently, or at least I do, because you're very aware. And it's very similar in many ways. Like, the the Netflix documentary, especially a true crime one, has a certain flair and a certain flavor to it. And you're it's kind of not ashamed of how it's manipulating you, if that makes sense. Um, so you can't help but think about it. And I, I kept thinking about, like, who put this together? What did they tell tell uh, Carol to get her to open up and everything? You're probably right, yeah, that they 
would have gone to her with that, but then just started uncovering things. But like, I would also not disagree with her statement that it's a character assassination because I, like everyone who watched this, is now convinced that she definitely killed uh, or at least had tigers eat her husband, <laughs> which like <laughs> is not what you want when you invite a documentary crew into your home. Um, but it's like, I, I feel like the film, or sorry, the, the series here portrays the events in such a way where it does kind of tell you what's happened. You know, it, it definitely paints its own image. And because it's so distinct in what it's saying, I I kind of doubt that more, if that makes sense. Like, it isn't really showing all sides of the story, even though it's showing a lot of people with a lot of different sides. Or am I crazy in this, Jim? Uh, I see what you're saying, because I, I, I approach Netflix documentaries uh, in, in much the same way now. Um I started getting kind of burnt out on the Netflix docu series, but I'm I'm back in a big way because mm-hmm. I mean recently I watched uh, I mean like I guess almost everyone I watched the uh, Don't Fuck with Cats, which is another docu series they put up about uh, around December or so, and there was another one on Aaron Hernandez, the Patriots tight end, who uh, was charged with murder, but. Some of those I look at in a different way because especially you put it like perfectly post-American Vandal because American Vandal nails all the cliches of it so well. So when you watch like the Aaron Hernandez one, it seems almost borderline parody sometimes the way they're doing the reenactments and the, you know, it's like the close up on of an arm or, you know, uh, it's the like low saturated shot of someone that kind of looks like our hero, but it's from behind as he's on the phone and you hear a narrator discussing the phone. You have the slow drone shot of a seemingly idyllic (laughs) suburb with, with the low rumble of a, you know, uh, suspenseful music as a narrator tells us about a group brutal brutal killing or whatnot it starts to be more of a joke and you have to kind of um understand that i feel like netflix specifically i feel like every documentary obviously has a point of view even though you're kind of not supposed to but netflix specifically will uh like lean into a into a point of view and you kind of just have to know that going in and yeah. I, part of that, I think, is me being a contrarian as well, because I get so annoyed at uh, Internet like investigators, like going back to like making a murder, obviously such a big uh, uh, series for Netflix. And then people watch that and then they legit start posting on Reddit or whatever about other evidence they found like within the series that they think maybe someone missed. <laughs> and they're like, well, no, this, they, they see this blood spot here? I was going over the crime scene photos. Uh, yeah. And so that gets a little annoying. Although, in Tiger King's defense, I feel like, yes, they have a point of view, but they are like, no documentary could cover Carol Baskin and not at least get into that story a bit. Yeah. No, sure. And and Very even fair. and and I think one of the things they do really well is that obviously, I mean, Joe and his people are going to have a certain point of view on her and the other people that she's affecting financially by trying to take down their um, you know, tiger sanctuaries or whatever or zoos, whatever you want to call them. But then they have the family of her husband and like people that were in their lives being like, "Yeah, I don't know. Some weird stuff's going on." Uh, so yeah, she murdered her husband. What can you say? 
Yeah, exactly. And we all come away, come away with that. So fair enough. Uh, if she thinks that uh, she was character assassinated, she was a little bit. But um, like the, you mentioned the Netflix specific style. I find it really interesting that Netflix has often been sort of raised as like this is a platform where, you know, small, weird projects can come to life and whatever, because they, I mean, the South Park joke is that they'll just green light everything. Like, <laughs> fuck it, we have all this money. Like, we just need content. So, like, let's just make everything. Fuck it. Um, but you mentioned also, like, how it's so specific, the style, and that they always want a certain, like, they, they lean into having a point of view. They're not ashamed of it. Um, I, I've talked about this before, that I feel like it is all algorithm-driven. Like, they get basically a checklist of this is what's going to be in a true crime Netflix show for it to work. Because we've worked out based on what people watch and based on enormous amounts of data, this is what, not to get into Westworld stuff, uh, check out our Westworld Theories podcast. Uh, but like with all this data, we can figure out that a true crime documentary to be successful on Netflix, uh, it's going to have this style because it's worked before and it's going to work again. And it needs these checklist items. And it's exactly the same as what I've discussed on our other podcast on the network, Real History. Because uh, uh, Netflix has also put out historical films. Um, and they put out like a big budget historical film every year and they literally it's like they had they must have a checklist because they will put in stuff that's not historically accurate just so they can have these specific moments of a big battle going on and then there's a duel between a king and another king in the middle of the battle even though that obviously never really happens in, yeah. in uh, real history. So that's one of the things. But like small specific items that always tend to show up. And I feel like it's the same thing going on here with the Netflix specific true crime documentary. With that said, this one has tigers in it. Lots and lots of tigers making it really, really unique. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I think this has been commented a lot where it's like this, this is such a ride because uh, the way they reveal the information you're constantly like almost changing sides on who you're rooting for because yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I could speak to at least me personally. I'm rooting for Joe exotic in the end, but like mm -hmm. when you first see him, you're like, Oh, this fucking loser. <laughs> like get out of here. Piece of shit. Oh man. I can't wait to hate this guy. And you do for a good amount of it. And I mean, there's still even some stuff that comes up at the end that it's like, you know, you hate him a little bit for, but, but you're also like, uh, what a hero. We need to free this man. Yeah, uh, you, you hate him at first, and then uh, Carol Baskin comes in, and you're like, yeah, big cat rescue, this makes sense. You know, this fits into my worldview of what should be the thing. But then, for me, it was like the VHS tapes where you see her creating like a guide from when she was way younger on how to breed oh, and sell yeah. cats. Yeah. And you're like wait a minute, Carol, this isn't on your website. <laughs> and maybe that is part of her story somewhere, that she's like, you know, I, I used to do it all wrong, and I'm horribly ashamed, and I've changed, and I, I know how to do it now or whatever, and that's why I'm fighting especially for these laws, because I didn't know any better, and these people don't know any better. But that's not in the, in the documentary, so... It's more like she's trying to hide that, it seems like, and instead going, no, you guys are all evil, even though I've done exactly what she did, plus I murdered my husband. Yes. Yeah, and Kristen's in the chat. Don't root for him. He still abused animals for decades. Hmm. Or did he save animals for decades? Uh, I mean, yeah, I know you're right. I mean, there's definitely uh, the... 
I mean, the big thing is, I mean, if we kind of jumping around a bit, but obviously at the end when they uncover that there were like bodies buried or hidden and he was euthanizing some of these cats, that is tragic. But the, but the thing is, I, I still, you know, the way the system, why is the system taking this, you know, murder for hire uh, charge and bundling it with these animal abuse charges? And, you know, I'm fa- I guess I'm falling for the Netflix point of view, hook, line and sinker, because I'm like, the system's railroading uh, a good person here, even though, yes, he did like shoot cats in the head because they didn't need them anymore or whatever. And that <laughs> is kind of I do feel like he should face charges on that. But it's just bizarre the way they the system system going to system is all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're right. System is going to system. Uh, I did. I mean, there's just so much uh, content that he's willingly produced about how he's going to kill Carol Baskins (laughs) that it's hard not to convict him, even if he was partially framed, because that's kind of the Netflix point of view they're showing at the end as well. That like the, you know, the guys around him, they were all like, fuck it, let's get rid of this guy. But like, he really shot himself in the foot there with all of this, like, a doll of her, like such an extreme character. And I'm definitely not honestly left rooting for him with all the sick shit he did and like bribing young guys into marrying him with meth, even though they weren't really gay, maybe. And, uh, well, but here's and poor Travis, just how things ended with him. I mean, that's I well, that stuff's different, but here's what I'll go. This is my point of view on the whole murder for hire thing is that, mm-hmm. In my opinion, Joe Exotic, is he loves to talk. I mean, that's his whole thing. He loves to talk shit. He loves to get attention. So, of course, he's going to sit and say that shit all the time. But then, I mean, they had an FBI uh, undercover agent, and when they tried to get him, they couldn't get him because, yeah, he'll say all this shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want to kill Carol Baskin. Yeah, man, I'll pay you money. We'll do whatever. But then when it comes down to it, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to, like, really do that like we're not really doing that uh because he gave him three thousand dollars oh he gave jeff lowe's guy uh, supposedly gave that guy three thousand dollars the guy who he hated the guy who hated him yeah Yeah. right you're gonna buy into a (laughs) jeff lowe story god jeff lowe is the true villain uh in the end and yeah that's my thing is like when it really comes down to it, I don't believe... I believe he, he loves saying it. I mean, there's hours of footage of him saying he's going to kill her and shooting the mannequin and doing classic early 2010s internet streaming. Uh, yes, but, I love it. And, which maybe that's also why you and I relate to him, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> we love that shit. But I feel like he's such that guy that's going to talk shit, but he's not going to go through with it. But again, maybe it's because I watched this series... And I'm taking on the point of view of these filmmakers because I think clearly they came out on the other side. I mean, maybe not completely rooting for Joe Exotic, but I guess spending five years with him, they have a little bit of sympathy for him. And, and especially the um, the uh, the people like the people that worked with Joe Exotic, they're all like crazy characters in their own right. But they seem like innocent enough and like level headed yeah. in comparison and the fact that they're on his side makes it seem, you know, better. Like, I mean, one of his friends did testify against him against the animal abuse, but I think they all 
they all kind of collectively are like, yeah, no, I don't think he would really go go through with like a murder for hire. But yeah, you know, he did shoot some cats in the head. And yeah, as Kristen's pointing out, the guy that was just taking a bath with his shorts on <laughs> during that interview towards the end. Oh yeah, like that weird <laughs> that weird hick. Yes. I remember that. Uh, that was great. I mean, let's if we're talking about despicable characters, what about Doc Antel, though? Yeah, got to talk about Doc. Uh, he's like, uh, and Carol, uh, Carol's description is pretty much perfect, at least as far as it's portrayed, that he's like the smarter version of Joe, a more sophisticated version of Joe, that he actually is doing it, uh, like, I don't know, doing it in a way where he's not going to get sent to prison, <laughs> but he's still shady as fuck and has eight wives or an unknown number of wives. Uh, he's oh, the, he isn't he? I was confused when you were talking about, you mean Bhagavan. Okay, yes, Bhagavan. <laughs> oh, yes, <yeah>, sorry, <laughs> Bhagavan, Antel. Uh, yeah. The uh, spiritual science doctor or whatever he was. And, and there's definitely a hint throughout the documentary or docuseries where, like, He's very positive on Joe, but there's this like feeling that he's only doing it because Joe like they have those quotes of Joe ranting on the phone where he's like, I'm going to take everyone down with me. I know all the secrets. Uh, And it's almost like he knows to say good stuff about Joe because Joe knows, you know, more secrets about him. Uh, Besides, like, I guess there's already stuff out there. I mean, besides his multiple wives and uh the way he like what brainwashes them into being a harem and living in filth and working hours and hours for no pay just eating cockroaches <laughs> and getting involuntary <laughs> breast implants uh and you and and like his animals are in ace ventura and something's wrong with this picture where you always assume and there's like all this footage as well from like the late night uh show talk shows where they're like bringing all these animals on and you're like wait so nobody like checked into that they were just kind of like yeah this guy has animals and same with the films they're like no animals were harmed in the making of this film we don't know what the fuck happens on that conservation though uh we don't worry about it we just hire in the guy and we don't hurt him while the animals are here so it's okay yeah yeah i mean i I could kind of see that though like because i mean we 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 talked a little bit about uh well we talked about uh, tiger king on my uh patreon show for jim and them And I was kind of comparing it a little bit to, you know, I went to the Denver Zoo and, you know, I go to the Denver Zoo and I'm like, well, this is great. This is clearly a step up from going to a Joe Exotic Zoo or a Doc Bhagavan Antel Zoo or whatever, or even a Carol Baskin Sanctuary. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, this is on the up and up. This is the Denver Zoo. But I'm sure there's someone out there that would that knows and they would get in my ear and be like, you don't understand that what they do here at the Denver Zoo, they do this 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 and this and i'm sure yeah. there are even though probably overall they're treating the animals very well it's still animals in captivity and there's still some other shit so i could kind of see that if a guy has healthy animals and they're trained well and when they're on set they're not you know being mistreated it's kind of not up to them to dig more but then i don't know yeah. I, you're kind of right though it kind of is but eh. it was the 90s <laughs> we're having yeah. fun Make an Ace Ventura. And it, he yeah, was also right. involved with that famous Britney Spears VMA performance when she has the snake. And I think there was like a tiger on stage or something dur- during her performance. Mm-hmm. Yep. It says right here on the old Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, but speaking of um, 
like the actual filmmakers. I don't know much about him, but I had like because the the film the the series doesn't point much of a camera sort of behind the scenes on that. It's interesting that there's like a reality show producer who is kind of in a weird way a stand-in for the actual filmmakers because he talks oh, about yeah. like at the very start of it he talks about like man you've got a hell of a story to tell and like how he thought this was going to be like his retirement and he was going to b- make a big show uh based on this and make lots of money and he had a contract signed before everything just burst into flames <laughs> uh but that's kind of a stand-in for the real filmmaker eric good um, who interestingly is the founder of a turtle conserve, uh, conservancy place as well. Oh. So he's kind of a because uh, I've been trying to find a bit. I'm, honestly, I'm not dug that deep, but he's an interesting character as well. And all throughout watching it, I'm like, how the fuck are like these people let in so close to everything? Because they definitely are in the same situation as this reality show producer, where Joe at one point was like, damn, this guy has too much information on me. Uh, I should get him out of here. And then he burned down the whole place, obviously himself, which again is another thing where Netflix told me this happened, so I'm pretty sure Joe did it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Eric Good seems like a real character behind the scenes as well, and I'd be interested in seeing like more of that but then maybe sometimes documentaries get too self-referential as well so we kind of have the reality show guy standing in for that yeah yeah because i think even uh when i like around the first episode or whatever when they first introduced that guy like i was think i thought that he was the dude that made the documentary and then yeah it obviously becomes more clear as you start getting familiar with the characters on uh, like what's really going on. But even that guy, because I've, I've seen other people point out that like, you know, he was like the best one. He was like level-headed and he just got screwed. But like, nah, I don't know. Something's off with him. I think he the lit producer, the fire. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> he did it. It's his I fault. I did a test. Uh, I did a one of these which character are you tests and I already knew it, but I was that guy. Yeah. I so <laughs> related to him when he's like, damn, this is so much cool footage. Because I was even thinking that watching the actual show, I'm like, damn, if you had like all this tiger footage, how could a documentary not be exciting? And he's there doing his show. And yeah, I, I'm definitely him. Yeah, and, and just the idea, I'm, I, I was just, outside of all the colorful characters, I'm just fascinated with this whole, like, I don't know, I guess it's this want to tame nature and feel po- powerful, like, I, I don't get why these people want to buy tigers and and then even to an extension the way it, it attracts other people to want to be around them because, I mean, I guess I get it. It's like going to a zoo, but I would never think of like, hey, I want to go to this guy's zoo. You know, why go to like a city zoo or something? I heard this guy set up his own, but I don't know. Maybe Maybe without watching this show... You, if you saw Joe Exotic, you'd be like, well, of course, this is the guy that knows Tiger as well. And you just assume that he, he is a professional and he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and he didn't yeah. just kind of like learn by the seat of his pants, like just kind of figuring it out as he went. Uh, but it's, it's just bizarre because I guess going back to where you're talking about like being on a movie set, even though it wasn't like Joe Exotic really doing that, you would expect if you were on a set, the guy that came in that is the animal wrangler would be a weirdo like this. And you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, of course, of course, he's a weirdo. That's why he works with animals. So that's why he, <laughs> he, he he's on the same level as the animals. But you expect them to be like, you know, on loan from a 
Denver Zoo or whatever, yeah. not like, nah, this guy just owns 227 tigers. And you'd be like, wait, something's something's a bit off about that. Like two two or three tigers would be reasonable, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. Uh, before I forget, Eric Good apparently also made uh, Nine Inch Nails uh, music videos back in 1992. Ooh, which one? That's or ones. Uh, Help Me, I Am In Hell, and Pinion. No, uh, those ones. Yeah. And I guess a, a Terrorvision music uh, video, just a rock band. Uh, anyway, I just thought that was interesting because I was like trying to find like Eric Good. What's he done before? Why did he decide to spend five years more or less of his life doing this? And you just find all this weird shit that like he did a few music videos. And then he's been like running a lot of nightclubs and whatever in New York and restaurants and then he cares a lot about turtles. He has a turtle magazine and a conservatory or conservation area. And then he made this. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and I don't know if you can even if you can answer this question for me or not. But like when when you hear about these these documentaries that like these people have been working on for five years, I mean obviously it's not like he lived with Joe Exotic for five years, but Yeah. I mean like how is how do you even how do these people sustain themselves? How does this work? Like when you're working on a documentary, do you have do the, does he have funding in place already that he's living off of, or it's just he checks in every few months and then he's off to do other gigs to like live his life? You know, or is it a little bit of both? Depends on the situation. Well, interestingly, I, I ask myself that as well with other films. But in this case, it seems that Eric Good, he's one of these people when you go to his Wikipedia, his, the first description of him as, is as an entrepreneur um, and a philanthropist. And then he's a filmmaker. Uh -huh. So he just has this money, I believe. Probably he's known as, the art, uh, known as the creator of the art nightclub area, uh, the Bowery Hotel and the Waverly Inn and a, a turtle conservancy place but also it says he, he created uh, good film productions to bring awareness to environmental and animal welfare issues and this is their first documentary what i find really interesting about the whole time span thing is like five years ago or where whenever whenever uh, he started working on this uh like the netflix series of like documentary series my idea is that it started kind of with making a murderer yeah that it wasn't like which was kind of inspired by serial am i am i wrong in this i don't know serial i purposely never listened to it okay fair enough but it's <laughs> like you know of it so that's like the big popular thing um where i mean true crime was obviously a thing beforehand and, and always has been yeah. but, like the what this is that didn't exist when this started being made which is really interesting i think because sure, i assume yeah. it started as we're going to make a film you know sell it to film festivals or whatever and then probably because the story is so big and i think this happens with a lot of documentaries you're like what's the focus here what are we going with and eventually they must have gotten netflix on board because this is exactly the sort of thing that works on netflix as we discussed and they split it up into seven episodes just the amount of material they filmed would like imagine trimming this into a, a one out one and a half hour two hour film oh yeah like that'd be insane um so it obviously really works in this format but it's just interesting that they must have started it like we were saying with going to talk to Carol as well, they must have had a different goal from the start and then changed it as they were going, as they figured out what they were making. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, yeah, cause I mean, and that, that must inform how, cause going back to like the Netflix algorithm, every episode ends on that perfect little exclamation 
yeah. to want to watch the next one where it's like, and oh, by the way, Jeff Lowe, the hero, uh, he's actually a con man and he doesn't have money. His mansion was on lease and he's actually the biggest villain of all. And you're like, what? All right, cue it up. Let's watch the next one. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know it, it is. It is interesting to because, yeah, that was like right around the making a murderer. And I guess at the same time was that was that other one, the uh, the jinx that kind of kicked up at the same time. And yeah, of course, as you mentioned, serial and I, I mean, true crime podcasts, I, I can't really get into those, but I guess they had a Joe exotic one recently as well, or within the past few months. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it got some shine, obviously not as big as uh, what the tiger King's getting right now. Uh, but cause they bring up the, 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 what the hell, what big cat rescue Carol Baskin's, um, uh, sanctuary her husband put out a video like about a few days ago or about a week ago kind of refuting a lot of the show and even showing that their sanctuary is bigger than led on by the series yeah. and which which is fair but also like it is bizarre like just because they have these big free roaming areas why do why does their like viewing area look so scummy and shitty and uh have that poor tiger with his head sticking through another cage just so he can drink water jesus take care of these people well there's just something where uh it's just genius that it's a non-profit and the genius thing about a non-profit is you can get loads of profit from it yes uh, <laughs> yeah. but like if joe had a non if he just started saying that it was a non-profit i feel like he would have done a lot better <laughs> yeah yeah very true but he's just too busy trying to be famous i mean it, yeah. it is like uh, the perfect um, Twilight Zone uh, finale for Joe Exotic where he is famous now, like as famous as he wanted, but he's locked away in a cage, much like the tigers that he kept away in cages. So there's, you know, when you're a documentary, you're like, damn, this shit, this shit just writes itself. This is great. I don't even need yeah. to think too much about it. Yeah, but at the same time, it, despite we were, what we're saying about, like, you know, it's clearly very Netflix, blah, blah, blah. Genius the way they put it together because it's so good at keeping you going. And, like, these random shots and, like you said as well, how it reveals information, it's just really up there as far as, like, engaging content, pulling you along into the next episode and even in the episodes, each of them focusing on a certain theme. And I think even – so there's a New York Times article that came out the other day where uh, the director has had some conversations with Joe uh, since the release of Tiger King, and he summarizes it as saying that Joe is thrilled because this is what Joe wanted. Like, yes, yeah. even if he's in jail for 22 years, he get, he's finally famous now. He gets yeah. to be famous. He didn't have to become the governor or the president. And it's also one of, another of those moments where you're like, this is America, uh, is when he got like 19% of the vote in the state to be the senator. I'm like, yep, this... <laughs> This is very America, Jim. You can't really defend that. <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, I think there's this uh, uh, there's this want, like globally, in a weird way, where we don't trust our leaders. So, you know, not to get too into it. Obviously, like Donald Trump, and I think I, I'm very limited in my knowledge, but from my understanding, I guess Boris Johnson to an extent people just want someone that's different and maybe that means it's even someone more sinisterly evil but yeah. the fact that they're talking different and seemingly like a regular person gets people more amped up and it's 
obviously it's a sorry state of affairs in general, but it just shows that like people in leadership, are, we don't trust them at all. And we'll yeah. take a guy that has a mullet and has a, has an accent. A lot of people are like, fine. I just want someone that I feel like is going to go in and fuck shit up in a, in a fun way because uh, I'm not going to get helped either way. But I don't yeah. know. That's just my take. No, there's a certain truth to that for sure. Uh, I'm just skimming through this article here on talking to Eric Good, but I, I haven't found... I, I should have done more digging into this character because he does seem really interesting as well. And you can't help watching something like this. You're like, I want to know more. I want to understand what the fuck is going on here. Um, do you have any moments that stick out to you from the seven episodes that we need to get into? Um... Let me think. Well, I I I, uh, uh, I love the the tongue in cheek self awareness of the filmmakers, uh, like when they're reacting to um, like Carol Baskin's husband being like, you know. Then they have this picture of me, and I assume that's supposed to be a uh, like a horse dick. And then the guy's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That is a horse dick." And <laughs> But like, yeah. it's just this, he's playing it for laughs and the way they have that guy on the jet ski and they're playing eye of the tiger. Oh, yeah. Like they're so aware. I mean, obviously they're, they're aware of these characters and what they have, but to kind of tip their hand a little bit and be like, yeah, we know that this is fucking ridiculous. And they saved eye of the, T if they had the rights to use eye of the tiger <laughs> and they saved yeah. it for a gag moment when the dude's riding on his, on his jet ski and he's just like this, you know, uh, <laughs> This this like fat loser, basically character from a comedy like oh, most of these characters are. And I don't know. It's it. It really is like just a perfect uh, answer to the more like self-serious Netflix docuseries, which I think was turning me off quite a bit. Uh, like I yeah. mentioned at the top of the show of how, you know, things are true crime. But then I don't like that people online and people that watch it think that they are now a detective and you know the, the thing with a documentary that's like weirdly powerful i think you get as a viewer is that you just get to suck up like five years in a few hours yeah. and you get to just take it all in and then just like forget it or and even going back to making a murderer you're sucking up and just like consuming decades of people's lives in these little episodic moments and then you're gonna try to come and like tell someone who like lived that life why they're wrong or you know people attack that lawyer or whoever the fuck uh it's just a bizarre like creepy factor that turned me off a bit from a lot of netflix series but like when they're having a little bit more fun even though there's obviously still some serious subject matter when they're having a little bit more fun with it uh i enjoy it yeah no that makes a lot of sense because a lot of the uh murder ones like you said where we're sort of diving into the like all this horrific stuff and we get this vicarious thrill of like thinking about these murders and everything and it's not something i'm massively into probably why i enjoyed uh american vandal so much mm. because they're doing the same thing you get the same thrill but the stakes are hilariously low because it's <laughs> yeah. about a car and about dicks if you haven't seen it we do have an episode discussing american vandal that you can find at shows what you know dot com uh but uh kind of the same thing here where 
you kind of forget it after you watch it. But no one really dies in Tiger King, right? I mean, except uh, Carol's husband, yeah. like, years and years ago. And there is definitely that element there that adds a lot of that same type of feeling to it. But, like, Joe's in jail for supposedly maybe hiring someone to murder someone. And, like, every other true crime thing, I swear it starts with, like horrible horrible stuff and you're like this is kind of a lot and here yeah. like the vicarious thrill is hanging out with all these tigers which is magnetic and like i kept thinking as well watching it like this is so cool that they have this footage but it's horrible that there's potentially animal abuse going on to make this footage exist so there's that balance as well of like you kind of have to make something that criticizes this thing in order to make it, but then also you get the enjoyment of actually watching the tigers and everything, all these thousands of tigers that exist in the U.S. far more than in the wild. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I think they hit the... I mean, they You could argue they should be hitting the point uh, better throughout the series because you do forget that it's about animals, like, through most of it. But by the end, yeah. I think they circle back around, they hit it pretty well. Or even to the... They hit it to the extent that I'm... When it comes out about, like, how Doc was involved with, like, the Britney VMAs and stuff like that, or, like, stuff we were talking about a little while ago about animals in movies and these animals are not harmed and stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, even, like thinking of it on a different level not just that oh this creepy guy doc is actually working with celebrities and people in power but more so like i can't believe we're all like oh this is cool britney's performing and there's a tiger on stage this is awesome but now i'm yeah. like how about we just don't have that tiger on stage and <laughs> let that tiger just live its life and not have to be around a fucking cheering crowd and like shitty pop music uh yeah. and i guess you know that's a plus side of some of these movies now where you could just have the CG uh, animals, even though they kind of look shitty, at yeah. least, you know, people don't have to get hurt and you don't have to have a, a poor tiger sit in a cage waiting for his, you know, call on set to <laughs> sit there and have to, you know, walk by a person or whatever. Like, at least I'm kind of thinking a little bit on that level uh of like yeah maybe we don't need to just use them for our enjoyment because it's like look at this cool shot a tiger came in and she was dancing and singing this is this is awesome <laughs> yeah that's a good takeaway um it, it that's works then because as i read into the behind the scenes they originally started out they were going to make something that was more way more general about you know all kinds of animals in captivity and like then they decided to hone in on the u.s and then it just because basically because of the way joe exotic is such a big charismatic character he did just magnetically the same way they attract people i think he attracted this film crew and this attention he generated it and i love the way they talk about it in the show as well that he like whenever the cameras were flipped on for the reality show they were doing he would just change but he he just and they show that as well really well but he just has such a you know anyone who does a podcast probably will talk about like switching on for the show or whatever like you you're a bit different when the mics are on but joe exotic is just an amazing example of that and so magnetic that he's drawn in basically this film crew who originally were gonna make something more general but then because of everything unfolding between him and carol that just became a natural focus point yeah and if they managed to circle back around, they did make a really good like choice to save 
the footage of Joe talking about how, you know, we need to end the breeding of animal cubs and this is cruel and they should just get to live free and whatever. Like, they save that and play it at the very end. And then you're like, this is like the opposite of the Carol VHS tapes. And then then you get regain a lot of your sympathy for Joe, like you were saying earlier, in that moment. And it also hits home the overall point uh, way better, which is, of course, free Joe Exotic. No, sorry, I mean free the tigers, but also Joe Exotic. yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't have tigers in a cage, and you shouldn't have a tiger king in a cage. That's for sure. <laughs> I think that pretty much wraps it <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> if you have any thoughts on Tiger King, do feel free to send them to showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go to showswhatyouknowshow. No, I messed it up. The email address has the show twice. I know it's we make it difficult just because we only want the very top tier of feedback from our listeners. But yes. it's shows what you know show at gmail.com. Shows what you know dot com is where you'll find all of our other coverage of TV shows such as Westworld, of course, The Sopranos on Cut to Black, uh, uh, Real History, like I mentioned, where we talk about historical films and uh, Blank Meets Blank, where we make up new television shows and all sorts of nonsense at shows what you know dot com. Yes, yes. Please support animals and support shows which you know. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, Thank you. Rawr.